0: You're now listening to Fundamental Fast Pitch. Welcome back, everyone. It's Mike here with Jessica Tanner and Heather Milne on the Fundamental Fast Pitch Podcast. This is Episode 65. Kids have opinions too. The in the last episode, we covered uh, you know a lot about a lot about excuse me a lot as it pertains to our kids listening and the conversations having between adults, parents siblings, et cetera, et cetera. So now we're going to get into the kids having their own opinions as well. Coach Jess, Coach Heather, how are you guys doing? I'm obviously very excited. I'm talking a little extra fast and I apologize and I will change it. <laughs> maybe. Great. maybe. Okay. So this is a fun one. Um, I was, I guess we were kind of crossing and blending a little bit, but that's why they go together. That's why they're part of a series. Tough Talks, Opinion Series, I guess we could call it. There we go. Opinions. Excellent. Fantastic. Okay. So let's start up out the gate disagreements on coaching decisions and umpires calls happen all right so unfortunately bullying and mean girls are reality tension truly parent drama happens i need you guys to go line by line here and start breaking down for our listeners how we can avoid a lot of these topics again from disagreements to coaching to umpires to bullying to parents dramas we have a lot of good stuff to get into today coach i'm going to kick it off to you first um take us down whatever path you want to start down on because to be honest this is a lot of information to unpack and a lot of good information to unpack so I just want to make sure we're all on the same page as we get out the gate here
1: right so I just want to reiterate like the reason why you know we talked about before we're not talking about things in front of our kids um, is because we want our kids to form their own opinions and I mean when it comes down to it we're we're trying to raise kids that can you know go off and live on their own but they're going to need to have those critical thinking skills, um, you know, in order to be adults that make good decisions. So this, you know, once again, softball is not just about softball, it's about life. So um, that's one of the reasons why we want our kids to make our make their own opinions about these kinds of topics. So um, we'll just jump into coaching decisions. Um, When so when might it be a good time to include your kid on um, discussions about coaching decisions? Um, You know, I would say when when your kid starts to notice that maybe they're not getting as much playing time as they would like, or they think they deserve, or, you know, to go with some examples we talked about before, like, you know, if we didn't, if we had pitched so-and-so instead of this other girl, you know, m- maybe we would have won that game or stuff like that. Whenever your kid starts coming to you and asking you those questions to me, that's like, that's a good time to, to go into those conversations. So uh, as a parent, if my kid comes to me with those questions, I, I, my my approach will be to ask her some open-ended questions you know like if she's saying well you know i didn't get to catch that game and i thought i should have been able to you know i thought i earned this you know the the right to catch a little more often and i didn't get to catch but one game this tournament um you know i I might say well okay well why is it that you think you deserve more time back there or what do you think you've done to demonstrate that you deserve more time um you know ask ask open ended questions not just you know jump on the bandwagon of oh you're right you should have caught that game it's not fair you know we're going to go talk to coach or we're going to let coach have it you know that's that's not that's not productive that's that's once again inserting your feelings into 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 your kids head where maybe they were just they just noticed something they hadn't really didn't have any negative thoughts about it yet but you know they're trying to form their opinion and instead of letting them come to a conclusion you're inserting your feelings so you know, as we discuss things, I like to come up with sort of a, a plan uh, moving forward when it's about coaching decisions. So she comes to me if my kid comes to me about maybe catching time. Um, we would come up with a plan together for, you know, whether it's go and talk to coach and ask her some questions. Um, you know, we decide, well, maybe it's time to put in a little more work and, and show um, that we're putting in the work and we deserve more time or how she could maybe um spend her time at practice a little bit differently to demonstrate that she deserves more time, whatever it might be. um, We're going to come up with a plan moving forward to, to address those things that she's noticed or those questions that she's asking about coaching decisions.
2: Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to add to this one just a little bit because this is one of my favorite. This is one of my favorite things as a coach is the opportunity to teach players how to speak up and say what they want or uh, use their voice. So, Um, there's an old saying, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but the saying that if you never ask, the answer is always no. So when it comes to coaching decisions, specifically playing time or specific positions, um, as a parent, one of the best things that you can do, again, this is coming from me, but as a coach, what I'm recommending to our parents listening is teaching them, hey, if that's what you want, go ask for it. Go ask what you need to do, what you need to work on, where you should be focusing your time. And it might just be as a, a simple as, um, well, I want I let her catch this game because I want you to catch bracket, or I think you're going to be a better matchup with this pitcher for the next game. So I'm saving you for the next game. And that's my plan. But not only like teaching your children how to ask for what they want, for what they want, but also like time and place. Um, in the middle of a game is not the time to, I've seen it. to bring that up. Yeah. Like, Hey, why, why am I sitting or why am I, why aren't I catching even like the questioning the coaching decisions in the middle of a game, like that, that's never going to go well because like the coach already has a billion different things going on. But as a, as a parent, when you have those differences in opinions and disagreements on co- coaching decisions, Um, whether it's your opinion, um, or your children, your child's opinion, Uh, actually no, just when it's your child's opinion, because if you're not happy that Sally's not playing shortstop, but Sally is loving playing second base and outfield, like leave it alone. Your kid is smiling on the field. She's learning. She's getting opportunities, like knowing when a conversation is appropriate and when you need to just let your kid be and be happy playing softball. That is actually a huge part of it. Um, But if a decision needs to be had where your child is unhappy or your child feels shorted or like she's working her butt off and she's not being given adequate time or opportunities, then it's okay. Well, it sounds like we need to have a conversation with your coach. If this is what you want, you need to go initiate that conversation. I'm happy to be there with you and support you, stand with you. But you need to go let your coach know, hey, coach, uh, I was hoping I could get some time to talk to you about Uh, me playing um, shortstop. When would be a good time? Is after practice okay? Can I come early? Like what works best for you? So having them initiate that conversation. And then as a parent, um, depending on your coach and your team policy and all of that, but when applicable, just being present so that your child can lead that conversation about that disagreement in position or playing time or whatever. That is so, so, so huge for me.
0: And it, you know, each girl is different. It takes it takes different girls longer um, to find their voice, right, Coach? Like sometimes it just it just takes longer, and sometimes the girls want to have conversations but aren't confident as, you know, in speaking up for themselves. And I think that's when, while well, having the parents there, could be could be helpful. Absolutely. Um,
2: And I think, uh, and that's kind of why I said being present. I think it's important that you can be present, but you also don't need to speak for your child. If it matters enough for them to want it and to be working for it, then they need to learn how to speak up because that's going to apply to school, life, jobs, relationships, like all of the things,
0: Mm -hmm. And then sometimes and yes,
2: it does, just, it, it does take time and it's building those relationships and that connection and knowing your player and, and sometimes it might even be like, uh, as a parent, knowing your kid's not going to do it. Hey coach, like just giving you a heads up. Um, uh, Sally's wanting to come talk to you. Um, in case she forgets, like maybe if you don't mind giving her some extra encouragement, uh, it, knowing if it's a shy player or something like that, but that's, that's a lot different than, than you approaching a parent or a coach and you uh, like puffing up and saying, why isn't my kid playing shortstopping your kids n- either nowhere around or doesn't care.
1: Right. For How sure. many times have, have, have Cora and I walked up to you and she, you can tell she wants to say something to you, but she won't, she just doesn't have, she doesn't have a found, found her voice yet. And, I've said there's something Cora would like to talk to you about. And then that just is enough to, to spur her along and, and open up the conversation Then I don't, usually don't have to say another word. Um, so just me being there and being that sort of emotional support for her when she has something she wants to talk about um, has been really helpful in the past. Yeah,
2: and and usually when that's the case, at least with Cora specifically, like she'll open right up and say, "Mike, same thing has happened with you and your daughter. Like if she's unsure or if I ask he her a question, just needs a little right?
0: encouragement, a little, yes. a little, a little, a little, a little. What's it called? A little, like the girls aren't old enough to drink yet, right? And and what is that thing? Yeah, liquid make, courage. Add, I know there you, you go. Yeah, look, a little, a little Here's, liquid courage." But hey, but 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 sometimes you know on on the fun end of it, Coach Jess, you you'll be in you know you'll be in nationals and you'll have a player come up to you and be like hey uh hey coach, can I get some reps at shortstop? And look at your watch, and it's like thirty minutes left in the game. You're like, sweetheart, we're up three to one. Like, go continue catching every single ball that's hit you in the outfield. Like, thank you for asking, but not right now. So some of those well, girls naturally have that in them though to ask.
2: Yeah, and I think so. Here's another thing. I think Time it's and just place, as though. a parent, no, exactly as a parent encouraging that, but teaching them time and place when to have those conversations, how to have them respectfully, um, to where it's not a distraction or where the coach feels like you're questioning their decision-making and they like get offended at times or just, or if they're flustered because as a coach, I can tell you if I'm, if I'm calling pitches on a bucket and in the middle of like a big game and someone's asking me to go play something, like, I'm, I'm going to be like, look, what are are we doing? Like, not right now. We'll work on it at practice or maybe next game or so on and so forth. But I I know that me specifically, I get flustered because I'm the kind of coach that especially pool games, like I have the entire weekend planned out. I have three to four innings planned out on defensive positions, like like all the things. So when it, when those questions affect my plan, me personally, as a coach, because I'm a planner, I get flustered and I don't handle those as well. So that's why I try to encourage the conversations at
1: practice or after so on and so forth. So so going back to like your kids leading the discussion when they have questions or concerned about um, coaching decisions is, is the, the reason we want the the kids to lead the the, the discussion and not the parent, even though you, you definitely want to be there, especially for the younger ones um, is let your kid lead it so that they can, they can, uh, sort of outline and lay out what's important to them. Because if the parent leads the conversation, um, you know, it's, it's too easy to, to kind of let your own thoughts and feelings, uh, come come out and maybe your priorities are getting laid out instead of your kids, because often I I would say that your kids priorities with coaching decisions, playing time, whatever, whatever, are, are probably not exactly in line with the parents, um, priorities on those things.
2: Yeah. And I'm going to add one more thing to that too. We talk about, we start off with talking about when it might be appropriate to include players in those conversations on some of the issues around coaching decisions. I want to talk about a few things that are not appropriate to question when it comes to coaching decisions. So, um, I think conversations surrounding around your child, specifically playing time or positions or, um, things of that nature, like those are safe because they affect your child specifically. But if you start trying to question the coach about why they made the decision to pinch run so-and-so or pitch so-and-so on questions like that aren't related to your child specifically, as a coach, I can tell you like, those aren't questions that I'm going to entertain. Like either you trust me to coach and make the decisions or you don't, that gets to be your opinion. But I don't feel comfortable as a coach discussing other people's children.
1: Right. And if you're having those conversations around your kid, you are absolutely swaying their opinions on, on those other you know, players or teammates or what what have you coaching decisions.
0: So it's interesting, right? Cause you, cause you do, I mean, I'm sure you guys have came across that you do have parents who obviously have, have played at high levels and who have played a lot. Um, you know, how do you have conversations with those parents with their like? Cause I, we're, so what we're trying to say here is a lot of the times the the kids and the parents or the kids, the, oh my goodness, the parents and the coaches decisions, what they want for the child doesn't always line up. Is that, is that fair? What we're trying to say that I'm not mistakenly. Yeah.
2: And I think, rehearsing? I think what you just said is keeping the the decisions relative to your child.
0: Right. And so that, that's all like perfect world, Right fantastic everything's laid out as is but i think i think it's interesting because there's always a natural inclination i i feel like to compare not necessarily the don't. negative side i know i i understand <laughs> Don't i understand that <laughs> but, but, so, but but what so i'm let's, saying i'm gonna give
2: you an example mike go i'm gonna give you an example let's say i'm gonna use easton uh let's say that easton's batting seven or eight whole and she's consistent or something and someone maybe three, four, five or so on, isn't as consistent or isn't producing or whatever. And, and the question that comes to mind is, okay, why isn't Easton moving up in the lineup when that person in the moment isn't producing or isn't, isn't having as good quality at bats or so-and-so would, would that be a fair like example?
0: Uh, sure. I mean, that's a fair example, so- I guess.
2: So so that's a question about to me, it's if you frame the question like, hey, uh, if Easton asks, hey, coach, I'm at the bottom of the lineup, like, um, what do I need to work on to move up in the lineup? I, and it's like, OK, well, where, where do you see yourself hitting and why? That's a conversation I can have with a kid about like, OK, well. If we wanted to move up to here, here's here's kind of where what I see for this role in the lineup, and here's what I, what the expectation is, and um, having a conversation there versus a, a a parent or even a player saying, "Well, well, my teammate's not hitting good. Why why aren't I hitting three or four? Like being very like an offensive or a that. negative yes. approach, rather than a conversation that is trying to. Like encourage and benefit your child. You're having a conversation by tearing down another player who is not doing as good. That's what I mean by like when it comes to discussing other players with like in front of your child or this and that. I'll I'll have a conversation all day long. You have a about lot of that, Jessica. A lot of what? A lot of about like lineup construction and stuff like that.
0: No, not not necessarily lineup construction. Just comparison and tear downs versus comparison and. Like referencing, um, I don't, like I'm doing this. Versus I don't this. anymore.
2: I don't yeah. anymore. It is something that I struggled with as a coach. I, I I don't say struggled with, but it's something that I had a lot of as a coach when I first started off, and that is where I noticed that it became more and more important to have those conversations with players on where they were and why, and if I made any changes or this and that, because mm-hmm. I found that oftentimes. If I told a player why they were in a certain spot in the lineup, or if they moved from high up to lower, if I just communicated that to them, then that held off any negativity or questions or chirping from their parents.
0: Right. And their kids, they don't understand a lot of the time.
2: But no, they, no, no they do. They understand yeah, more than you say. They absolutely, yeah. Especially, I mean, I mean, t- I mean, take your kids, like she, she knows.
0: No, like can ask questions. Huh? But my kid wants to know why we're doing everything. Like it's not. I'm saying for the girls who aren't necessarily as inclined to want to know why they're moving down or why, not even moving yeah. down, but just that. You talk about just in general.
2: Yeah, but what I'm what I'm speaking to more so is if you tell the player the players why, and not that you like have to, but if you just give them the feel good and say, "Hey, like we're we're not seeing the ball as good right now. I'm going to move you down a little." but to help work on your confidence until we can start putting the ball and play a little more like that words off the conversations and the negativity and the commentary from the parents about well why did why did she move her down to seven hole like she's used to being three hole and I just use Easton as an example because I know that she has worked her way from nine to eight to three to four and all around and that um she she would she would get it because she's been in those situations and she does ask the questions but what I'm getting back to is I think as long as the questions are coming from the players or the parents in a way that is constructive and kind and not at some other, someone else's expense, then it's okay. If it, if it's a coaching decision that is questioning, like, um, just like I said, like trying to not, and not even tear someone else down, but trying to get the answer that you're looking for by Talking negatively about a teammate; those are not the conversations that you want to have, either with coaches or especially in front of your kids.
0: Absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. um Now, a- as we move out of coaching decisions, we can safely slide into umpire calls. If you get my pun there. <laughs> but uh... um,
1: <laughs>
0: when do we include players? Like when? Because the players in this one, as we kind of were talking about in the other one, like they're going to interject as it pertains to the umpires. They just are. They all, they, they're, they're going to.
1: Right. Umpire calls is not something I usually like to talk to or talk to, uh, with my kid about, um, unless it's something that, you know, they ask about, you know, why an umpire made a call a certain way. If it's like, a, it's, they didn't, she didn't understand the rule or the interpretation of the rule. Um, then we would talk about, you know, why the call was made. But I think the one time I would bring up um, a discussion about umpires' calls if, is if she starts to blame the umpire for any kind of losses or or things that don't go right, um, because I don't want my kid to start using that as a crutch or as an excuse. So that's when I would bring up that conversation so that um, I can help her understand that you know we don't always have to agree with an umpire's call. In fact, a lot of times. That we're going to disagree. Um, but there's really not much, well, there's nothing really a player can do, um, about an umpire's bad call. Um, so I always like to, to remind her that, you know, the umpire is the umpire and what he says goes, um, what we can control is the controllables. And if we can, uh, if we get, our, if we get caught up and and stuck on how the umpire made so many bad calls, um, uh, um, we're not focusing on the things that we could do to change the outcome of the game.
0: Fair. Coach, Jess. Yeah.
2: I, yeah. So and I think another one too, and I'm actually really surprised, but also really like excited that coach Heather didn't add this when it comes to including players on umpires calls. I love seeing a catcher that asks about the strike zone. So if you have a catcher that, it's, and what I'm not, I'm not saying like every single pitch, but if it's like a good pitch that it's like, man, where was that? Everybody's thinking it right. So if the question comes respectfully from a catcher that can turn around and be like, hey, blue, where'd we miss? Where was that? Um, That is like, that's a safe call. That's a safe question because that is a catcher, especially at a young age taking initiative to help a pitcher make her adjustments. It's not disrespectful. It's not rude. If, as long as it's done respectfully, that's a fair time to question umpire's
1: calls. Um, I wouldn't even call it questioning in the umpire's calls in that case. I would say that that is trying to learn the umpire strike zone. So like you're saying, if you do it in a respectful way, the umpire should respectfully answer, you know, you missed, it was, you know, it was you missed high or, or whatever, whatever it is. Um, that's trying to learn the strike zone. And and like you said, when, as long as it's not, you know, constant, the umpire is going to respect or they should respect that you're just trying to learn the zone. Now, if you're disrespectful or you're asking about every other pitch, well, that just comes, that that to me goes more along the lines of just questioning the umpire or maybe like, you know, pointing out that you don't agree and that, I don't know, you you might be blaming him for for not getting as many strikes as you might like. I mean, if yeah. you're looking to still her- a
0: strike, just, I mean, I've always found it super helpful. I was a very chatty catcher. I don't know if you'd believe me, Heather, but I was. I mean, I always, I always found it fun to try to buy a strike the next time around, just peeling the mask off a little bit, like blue. I think you missed that one. You'd either chuckle out of it or like it'd be, it'd, it'd be go the other way, but it was always fair for a couple strikes a game, I felt like.
2: don't don't (laughs) tell our catchers that yeah please don't because I can see one of that going really south (laughs) um
0: in in the best possible way right
2: not necessarily
0: (laughs) necessarily. but um
2: the so another part of like the umpires calls is um like your post-game huddles like right there during the game and the heat of the moment and the calls and all of that that is not the time to get like chatty and chirpy and that's that's never going to help you but as a coach or as a parent um, whether it's post-game huddle car or whatever helping them to understand that like like what the call was and why so then you can use it as like a teachable moment whether it's like an obstruction or interference or um or things like that or like your pictures that are not coming set like any of those calls those like those are always opportunities for you to actually teach your player instead of just like brushing them off or not talking about it so i do think that those particular moments in terms of calls um those are good things to talk about now keeping in mind that like judge like umpires calls most of them are still judgment calls so basically you can just say hey like we don't have to agree with it but that's the call that's what we're going to roll with and then we're gonna adjust um and knowing that that's something that that's part of the game that um outside of the other controllables that's not one of them you cannot control the umpire um and their calls all you can do is adjust to a crazy strike zone to um a missed call at first or whatever the case may be you have to adjust and move on
1: right and the the umpire's calls except for maybe like a rule interpretation that's not something i would really ever um bring up With my kid unless they're talking about it making excuses or whatnot um you know if the umpire made 47 bad calls this game i would not bring up the conversation of man did you see how terrible that umpire was did you notice all those bad calls he made i would definitely not bring that up because i don't need to insert my feelings on how terrible that umpire was into my kid because i promise you at least in my case with my kid if i talk about one umpire poorly guess what in her eyes Every umpire is terrible. So I don't want I don't want to push that on her. And your kid's gonna remember that umpire. Oh, yes. So
2: next game that she has him is like, oh great, we're not yes. getting any calls. <laughs> right. That's exactly how that one goes. <laughs> You're
1: right about that.
0: Right. So in to- uh, instilling the blame and umpire mentality uh, obviously is a controllable thing. Um we can we can't control what the umpire calls unfortunately at times, so we can only do our best to work with the hand we are dealt if you will now the bullying mean girl stuff i know this is a big one for you jessica
2: this is a huge one um girls are awful like at, at pretty much any age girls are awful but um when to include your players in the bullying and the mean girl stuff um a lot of that's going to depend on if your player's getting bullied or if she's the bullier so that's something to take into consideration um but if you're asking me like there's no place for bullying the mean girl mentality um any of those like topics should be discussed in a way that's encouraging your player to be a kind and helpful and supportive teammate anything but that is like unacceptable um And that's where, that's where it can kind of get dicey on those conversations in front of your kids that are about or involving their teammates and how it might influence their opinion or this or that. Um, so if you're in a situation where maybe it is, let's say it's a mean girl issue or um, social media, which is awful, don't get me started. Um, but rather than talking about it and leading a conversation and like, just like talking about it in front of them. I would encourage you guys as parents and as coaches to mm-hmm. ask open ended question open ended questions so that you can understand the situation, your players' thoughts and feelings and opinions. Um, if there are other players involved. So maybe that's conversations you need to have with other parents or coaches. Um just kind of getting a whole a whole holistic feel for um the situation and what all's going on um before you actually dive deeper into that like situation
0: Which other?
1: right i mean this the bullying in mean girls is something that just it's especially at this at a certain age it just it happens and it happens not just in softball um and like Jess was saying, it, it, handling it in any way other than encouraging your your player to be a good teammate and um, be supportive and kind is is unacceptable. Um, I mean, this also is kind of a dicey one, just in that you know every every family has their own set of values, and um, you know you have to kind of approach these the kinds of situations watch. right according to how your your you know your family's values and how you um, I don't know kind of lay out expectations for your your family so do's and don'ts yes (laughs) i mean i would like to think that just about every family would expect their kids to be kind and not bully other kids but you know there are bullies out there so uh you know it's something that has to be addressed and it's it's that it's funny that whole saying
2: the apple doesn't fall far from the tree (laughs) more often than not what you will find on teams is that the mean kid has mean parents. It's the parents in the stand that are talking trash or creating problems or think they know better than the coach or question everything. Like it is a mirror image. So it kind of circles back to everything we've talked about in these past two, these two episodes. It's like, you set the expectations on how you treat people and how you allow them to treat you. So if that's something where in your family, you you talk about drama and other people and players and uh, openly, and you, that's your dinner discussion. And like, it's not fair to expect anything differently from your child. If that's the, if that is the culture that you're creating in your home and that is the, the way that you handle like those opinions and discussions, like, so just knowing that, like Heather said, you're your player and your family's values, like and the culture of the team. Right. So if, if your values, like you said, don't align with the team and if everyone's drinking and partying and just joking back and forth and poking and negative, like if your family doesn't do that, chances are that's not going to be a good experience for you or your child. So realizing that early on and doing your homework to make sure that your family as a whole is in a good environment. I agree. But
0: and I, the think, whole- I think what seems difficult, right? Because everyone does have different values.
1: Right. The whole apple doesn't fall far from the tree thing. That's I mean, that's exactly what we're talking about here. That's having those conversations that don't belong around children's ears, whether, you know, and we we talked about in the last episode, that doesn't have to always be something super negative. But you're inserting your feelings and your thoughts and your opinions when when you should be letting your kid come to their own opinions. I mean, you know, if, if you're talking bad about another player and your your kid overhears, overhears that. Odds are that they're gonna repeat something like that to, to that player or to a teammate, and that's gonna start drama. That's the mean girl thing, that's bullying, that's you know, that's unacceptable. And that's the thing we're trying to avoid with these conversations here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you guys an example, and I'm not gonna use any names, but this is something that I can give you
2: an example, it kind of comes full circle. So um, I was part of an organization a few years ago where Um, it was like a C-class team, but we had some AB players. Like it was truly like a mixed batch of players. They were all over the place. And I had a player that was like, hands down the best kid on the team, but her parents were awful. And they were those parents that talked about everyone in front of her and let her know she was the best player and that she needed all the starting spots and this and that. Um, well that player, her attitude changed. She started being rude to her teammates, like just made the entire experience awful will come around to a few years later. And, and me as a coach too, like that was a terrible experience for me. I was young. It was years and years ago. I was still figuring out everything, uh, what kind of coach I want to be, my coaching style, this and that. But I had those parents that knew everything and knew better than me and just made it awful. Anyways, that, that team disbanded. And, um, so here we are a few years down the road and yeah, right. That, um, the parents reached out to me about a new team that I was coaching and asked about tryouts and this and that. And I just, I remembered right away that experience and the negativity and how awful it was. And I just, I'm going to be honest. I didn't even give them our tryout info. I just said, Hey, based on my previous experience, coaching your daughter and your team, like the team that I'm building is not a good fit for your family. Like we're, it's just not going to be a good fit. I'm sorry. Best of luck and anyways parent didn't respond well um but i knew that was not not going to be a good fit for the culture that i was trying to create on that team and the values that heather mentioned anyways uh that got back to their their children um their children started bullying my players we that got into the whole we had to block everybody on game changer because they were literally trolling my pitcher and writing her hate notes in class about oh I hate your coach and you pitched awful and just absolutely awful experience where I had to step in and kind of take control of the team again and like handle the drama and the bullying but that's that's a perfect example of that whole apple doesn't fall far from the tree because like they very well could have handled that situation differently at home instead of making me the bad guy or tearing their teammates down and this and that. And it was something where it was just always either someone else's fault or someone else to blame or, um, just know. It's wild to
0: me that you can burn bridges with a 12 year old child. Like it's, 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 it's insane. Uh, I
2: told you I told I tell everyone from the get go when it comes to like coaching and good things and good teams and cultures like the parents ruin it. It's hardly ever the children like it's it's the parents that get in and get involved. So, yeah, anytime that your player feels in danger or unsafe or threatened or just um scared or if it's hurting their feelings, if they're not enjoying practice, um, that's a great time to get involved. Um, and that would be a good example of initiating conversation with a coach, um, initiating a conversation with the other parents. Um, however you feel you need to handle that, to make sure that you are advocating for your child. You're in their corner, they know that you have their back um, and just making sure that everybody clears the air in terms of what's going on or, or how to move forward.
0: Agreed. Um and then, to each other?
1: Or mm, Jess? Oh, I mean, I think we've I think we've hammered down that mean girls and bullying is is not acceptable and that um you know that's a situation where as a parent you can go ahead and step in. Um I think on the the part where we talk about the kids forming their own opinions on these kinds of things is when Uh, is is trying to avoid having those conversations about other players around your kids so that you're not creating a mean girl situation with your kid because they hear how you feel about somebody else. That's, I think, where we're going with, um, you know, letting your kids form their own opinions about their teammates. We don't want to create a bullying or a mean girl situation because we don't care, you know, don't particularly care for Sally over there when there's nothing wrong with her. We just don't necessarily care for her or maybe her parents. And that's kind of influencing our views on her. Ugh, Sally. Sally.
0: <laughs> Why is it always Sally? It's always yeah. Sally.
1: I don't know. It's
2: usually a Karen for me. Karen um,
0: <laughs> is, is there is there a certain point, though, um, that we want to include the parents with the kids? Like, is there a good, natural breaking point to that?
2: Yeah, I think so on that instance. I think it's something, too, where, well, I mean, as a coach, I'll tell you, like, set your expectations up at the front. Hey, we have a zero tolerance for bullying. Like this is how we handle social media. This is how I'm going to respond if this happens. Um, And then just having those conversations with parents and stuff throughout the season. If you're a parent um, and you're in that situation, whether uh, it's something you hear um, I think it's always a safe bet to get the coach looped in to a conversation with other families that might be involved Because as a coach, I can tell you one of the worst things is having two kids that are going through something and their parents are trying to figure it out. But as a coach, like you're wondering why we're not gelling on the field or why they can't warm up together, why you have to separate, like just being out of the loop. So just uh, and then if anything, like you can be a buffer as a coach. So parents, um, I would say that on that note, anytime you feel like you need to get involved when it comes to a bullying or a mean girl situation would be fine. I don't think that's something that I would encourage the girls to try and handle on their own it, especially at nine, 10, 11 years old.
0: I don't know if they're capable at nine, 10, 11 years old of handling that on their own, to be honest.
2: No, but I think no. And I I think you're right. And I think that's a great opportunity to teach them how to resolve that kind of tension or conflict.
0: Okay. Um, And I would agree. Coach Heather, I'm guessing uh, we pretty much all agree on this one yeah we all agree okay um details how much information do we want being shared um is it need to know is it give me the whole full boat of everything like as a coach what do you share with parents versus or tying in with the bullying mean girls like are you full open book or are you kind of like i got this i mean parents have the right to know right like how do you really gauge that is it really just a case-by-case situation by situation
2: if you're asking me, you you know my answer. I'm going to well, tell I, you full transparency. I will.
0: I understand your answer, but I'm saying <laughs> for those of uh, for 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 those of uh, so those so of here's the the deal. Who haven't got their b bones? If you, I think you've rephrased <laughs> that before.
2: If you, so here's the deal. I would encourage you to give them the whole story because as, if you leave out bits and pieces that you may think are irrelevant, they may not feel the same way. So why not just lay all the cards out on the table, clear the air, get it handled
1: and move on.
0: Awesome. Coach Heather.
1: No, uh, let's, let's jump to parent drama. That's one that, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say on parent drama because I just, it, it's not something that I can relate to. <laughs>
0: Wait, Hold on. <laughs> but, what you're saying is that you are not, not one for causing drama from the sidelines.
1: Uh, no, no, I'm not. Um. So, but like, it, it's a real thing because when when parents aren't getting along or or they have their own drama in the stands or you know off of the field, obviously, uh, it affects the players. The players just they feel it in the air. There's tension in the air, and you know, it's a real
0: thing, man. Tension it is a is real a thing. thing.
1: It stop, should have been.
0: stop short selling tension. It's terrible. It affects everybody well and
2: not even just parent between the team but let's talk about like parents on the other team too right like Mm -hmm. the kids see you guys bickering and arguing and stuff in the stands and they play differently and then they're distracted like it and and it's or they
0: gossip if they're at that age they think it's hilarious yeah
2: but but that's an opportunity as parents to demonstrate how to effectively and appropriately resolve conflict or accountability hey i lost my cool i apologize like I don't know what I would do if I saw a parent like go up to a parent after a game and apologize and like shake hands I would I would probably take a picture. Yes. <laughs> that would be but I I've never seen it happen. I've seen the conflict plenty of times. I've never seen like the resolution.
1: Right. The apologies. Yeah, and and I don't know. I, I that's not, parent drama is not something I would openly go and talk to my kid about. Now, if they asked me if she, you know, noticed that two parents were getting, you know, getting at it, going after it, you know, after the, during the game or something, you know, she asked me about it, then I would absolutely, you know, just explain, you know, they had a disagreement. I'm not sure what it was about, but they obviously had a disagreement and, you know, they don't really, the players don't really need the details because all that's going to do is start gossip and, you know, he said, she said, and that awful game of telephone that we've referred to. Um, so on the on the parent drama, the kids don't really need to know what's going on. They obviously see it and they feel it, but they just need to know there was a disagreement. And, you know, hopefully the the parents can find a way to, to resolve that conflict, whether it's to actually resolve it and someone apologizes or have a conversation, or they just, you know, kind of mutually agree to, you know, steer clear of one another. Um, you know, hopefully there's some positive uh, resolution to whatever drama or conflict there was
2: yeah so ahead and ahead. i just thought of, i just thought of one too that i do think it would be okay to discuss with your child and that's when it comes to let's say like divorced parents or shared custody and you've got parents that maybe they just they're on different pages or you have a parent that's super duper committed to softball and then a parent that's like no it's my time with with my daughter we're gonna do this we're gonna do this i think i that's think it would be one. okay I think it is a tough one, but I think it's okay to have a conversation with your player about that when it affects the team dynamic. So what I mean is practices, or they can't come to team parties or so on and so forth. If it's like, so-and-so is always gone. Like why are they getting to play when they're missing practice? Or they're like, if those are the conversations that are starting to come up, I think it's perfectly fine to be like, Hey, her, her family's going through some stuff and, uh, her mom and her dad are separated and it's just it's hard for them to get on the same page, but she's making an effort at home
1: and this and that so that. You can spin not it to a her. Point. Right, exactly. Right, it's, and it's a need to know basis. You're not spilling every detail about you know whatever the situation is that you that you happen to know. You're not trying to spill details or start yes. start gossip. But it, you know they need to understand you know in this example that you know there's some there's a difference in their family dy- dynamic lately, and there's you know they're More dealing important
0: with important things in softball, right, Coach Heather?
1: Exactly, and and that's okay if you're you're explaining that kind of a situation, but. Um, yeah, need to know basis if it's just that you know these two parents or sets of parents can't get along for whatever reason, you know that's that's details and drama that we don't need details on
0: and and I think and, and I think, as we always say, the girls are more capable than we give them credit for a lot of the times
1: agreed, definitely
0: They're, very, they, they probably they're very tough. We, they
2: do they probably do yeah,
0: <laughs> oh, you mean, this is not yeah, I knew about that two weeks ago. I'm like, oh okay, like awesome good to know um yes yeah I, I think I, I think as we've kind of laid out this is an opportunity for parents to demonstrate conflict resolution as well in the stands if they are I mean you said you've never seen it I do have a question though shoot it's usually I'm look it it's it's usually the moms right um oh no my default speech no uh,
2: with I will tell mom. you with with at least for me as a female coach it's usually the dad's
0: See to me the dads are the loud ones but I feel like when I see the parents chirping at each other it's almost always the women
2: well here's the deal it's for me uh-huh. it's the two that think they know better or they question decision making that's where all of that stuff comes in and so that creates drama because then the moms start yeah. talking and get it back to the coach I need it's those of you who listen to the fundamental
0: me. fast pitch podcast to get on. And support me on this topic, gentlemen, because <laughs> I am right, and you know I'm right. Um, so
2: the the dads say it, the moms spill it. There you go.
0: You, fair That's enough. Like uh, you know, I. So what you're saying is it's fifty-one forty-nine. The moms, I can get behind that. I will concede that. <laughs> sure,
2: Mike. Sure.
0: I, I'm just I, I'm just saying the 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 kiddos and the. It also depends on
2: on how full their cup is.
0: Fa- hey. Hey, we have a very fun <laughs> team. I, it's, 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 it's often very full. So maybe I'm only, see, this is in your experience, Jess. In my experience, it's the mom's because this is my singular experience.
2: That's fair. And you're besties with all the dads. So you're going to have a different relationship. Hey, look it. they look also it. are over there influencing awesome. you to fall four change-ups in a row. So let that's not forgotten on me, Mike.
0: Um, you called three change ups in a row and it worked, but I wasn't
2: influenced, that was my own decision making.
0: I believe I was behind you saying duty and duty and duty and duty, and I could be wrong, I could be wrong. Um, let me
2: ask you a question Do you think I was listening?
0: I think you were listening, you okay. may have been pretending to listen, but you don't you okay, were listening.
2: <laughs> fair, I I it does make me giggle okay. though. You can't be saying stuff like that because then I give it away.
0: Well, I know. Well, you give it away if anyone knows any of our pitchers our pitchers are like first time for first time we've done a pretty good job because our change-ups are good now so it's not like ooh, i'm gonna get to try something it's just part of the repertoire right so it's like okay cool change up <laughs> second time it's like she's doing it again third time is i'm looking at the outfield before i get ready to pitch <laughs> because I'm not going to be able to contain myself and like and then like and then like and again like it, it has to be good pitches but like when it works it's it's just a reminder why softball is so much fun because like everyone's annoyed everybody's frustrated they're like really especially it's really fun when like the first one is like uh, like, like 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 a silly hack and the player's like, oh man, I wasn't expecting that and then the second one's right over they're like, well, and they just took the strike and they're like, uh okay. And then the third <laughs> one's like, I'm not sure what to do right now. I'm pretty sure I'm getting something really fast on the hands of another one and then they're just like okay, whatever like it's <laughs> it's, it's 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 the the triple change up is quite possibly my favorite thing that we've implemented over the last season just because <laughs> don't pull it out very often, but when you do and it works, it leaves everyone on our side kind of giggling because they they've seen it and everyone else on the other side kind of like this is bullshit <laughs> because it's really it's really it's really unfair to do that to a, a like a 10 11 12 year old child but hey it's fine like it's fun you know what i mean it's fine it's just awful it's fine it's fine um so now that we're like deep into this one is there anything else you guys <clears throat> you know want to touch on the kids having opinions um Obviously, in my household, we encourage our children to be as opinionated um, as possible, as long as they do a better job of me and thinking before they speak, really trying to get their thoughts together. But we we often do encourage Easton to be very, very open and very honest and very transparent. I, I do compliment you for specifically for a lot of that one, Jessica, because, I mean, seeing you for the last two years, weekly, twice. I mean, it really has encouraged her to just not like walk around the club, if you will, for a song, but just kind of <laughs> like walk around yeah. the club. Yeah. I love that yeah. song. Yeah, no, but like, it's re- and it's really big. Cause uh, so here, here's the thing too, for me as, 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 as a father, as a man, um, like it's really cool seeing the girls and, and not just Easton, seeing the girls kind of get voices in like being willing to vocalize them. Some vocalize them better than others. Some are frustrated in their angry vocalization. Some are sad. Some are upset. Some are unsure. But it's really been a treat to watch these girls that we've known for a while now really kind of come into their own as, as young women, if you will, and kind of really mature in a way that, I mean man is it easy being a dude like it really is like but watching (laughs) watching the girls come into their own and really not to get too weird or or just seem seem, seem synchromatic but just coming into themselves and, and 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 really just i just love it like it's it's something that's been indoctrinated in them obviously for a while and it's really beneficial for them to to be able to do so without necessarily having to have their hands held um I'm not really sure, aside from the way you guys coach, how other coaches can encourage that aside from saying, because it's one, like, right, like for me, and I'm just rambling at this point, but it's one thing to say, hey, you know, we're open open forum, transparency, but for the girls to be able to feel that, what is something you guys could suggest potentially now that I'm thinking about it and getting in my feelings to help other teens and other girls who might not necessarily have that that approach or that connection with their players like how do you really even start something like that where the kiddos can can really feel especially on a new team coach Heather that you know like horizontal where she can feel well your kid's pretty opinionated but just kind of like
1: that's a good example like that is, yes. that is a very good example though because she is opinionated and we you know leave practice and I get to hear all of her opinions um and even and, though <laughs> Even though she is opinionated, I ask her, well, you know, have you asked those questions? Have you mentioned that to coach or, you know, and, and she's always like, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, it's because she, has, she hasn't established that relationship with her coach yet. Um, so as coaches, what we can do to to help um, our, our players find their voices is is to be approachable and help them understand that, you know, we're here for them and we have to build a relationship in order to be approach, approachable. So build a relationship, let them know that they're, that we are here for them. And, um, you know, just be open and let them know that you're going to ask them questions. They can ask you questions. Everything is, is, you know, just cause they're question- asking you questions doesn't mean they're questioning your decisions per se. Um, so that should give them comfort in coming to you and having discussions. But like, as far as like the whole topic of, of, you know, kids have opinions too. I think um, you know, coaches can do their part to be approachable and and let the players find their voices. But the parents also have a responsibility to let the players come up with their own opinions and thoughts and feelings on things as well without influencing them with our own thoughts. Agreed.
2: Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to add to that one, too. So I think both from a coach and a parent perspective, the best thing you can do is like we talked about, asking those open-ended questions, um, encouraging them to lead the conversation, um, letting them have all those big feelings, work through them, asking questions, uh, and then more than anything, listen more than you speak and, and actively listen, not just like sit there and like in one way out the other, but listen to try and like understand and give good feedback and encouragement and have a good constructive conversation that they're going to feel good about and they're going to feel heard and encouraged. And it, that more than anything is going to continue to encourage them to have those conversations and feel comfortable speaking to you about about things. And then that way, when it's time to have the tougher conversations, it's not going to be as big of an issue because they're going to pe- be prepared. They're going to feel comfortable and confident. And just the more you can do to encourage that kind of safe sharing environment, the better.
0: I love that you, the word safe there. Cause as you were talking, I, I was literally thinking about um like just over the last few years and, and granted my, my daughter's also going, you know, they're all growing up together. Right. So encouraging environment, th- this and that, but it's, it's, it's interesting as you build that relationship with them, like the things they'll come up and tell you, like not even necessarily anything bad, but just to fully gain their trust and their comfortability. Like it, it really makes a big difference, Jessica. With with just the way the oh, whole no, team I know. harmonious you, is, you're like, about
2: to find out the hard way. <laughs> I'm sorry. With these girls, they're they're comfortable. They're they're growing. They're just their camaraderie and their conversations. Like they're they're becoming next level. So that's something that is a like practiced skill.
0: No, it it is, and I and I've and I've seen it from just with this group specifically over the last year and change, like where where they started to where they're at now. It's just incredible and not even the stuff on the field just like the overall like togetherness and like the uh, you got my nine kind of deal you know it's it's, it's incredible
2: yes absolutely um,
0: anyways as i could talk all day at this point is there anything else you ladies would want to add as it relates to the kids and their opinions
1: i'll just say that i hope that these past couple of conversations prompt the parents and coaches as well to kind of reflect on how they're approaching these different situations. And, you know, just take a look, reflect, think about how you're approaching them. See if there's a, if you can do any better, because even, if, even for the parents who feel like, God, oh, you know, I never do those things or anything like that, but are you doing it the best you can do it? If, can you get a little better at, at any of these things that we're talking about?
0: Hey, one yeah. better a day is 365% better over an entire year. That adds up to results, Heather
2: for sure. Yeah. And I'm going to just piggyback that for one last thing is that when the players do have their opinions and feelings and conversations, and if they're trying to talk through them and work through them and they bring those concerns to you, do not, do not squash them. them, Make them feel less than yes, absolutely. So be cautious with your words, take some time before you respond, because those, those little instances are going to continue to grow and build that relationship. And that's, it's going to influence so many more conversations outside the softball field. So just making sure that you are nurturing that, like I said, safe sharing environment to where they, they don't feel like coming to you is a waste of time, or they feel worse after a conversation with you.
0: All uh mm-hmm. incredible points, not just for softball, but for life as well, I feel. Um, all right. Well, this was the second part of the little two-part series that Coach Jess will forever get rizzed on for not letting me rename a name because I need names for everything, Coach. But um, this was episode sixty-five. Kids have opinions too. The next episode, uh, are we are we jumping to button defense or are we talking about being a good opponent? What are we doing next?
2: Yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna go into being a good opponent. Uh, th- excuse me, being a good opponent. So pregame, during game, post-game, what that means.
0: What cheers we should be allowed to do or not
2: all the things, Mike,
0: all the things, but I will say, I've said it before middle school matchup, get to cheer. Very excited for my daughter to be able to do a cheer that she's pretty sure she's not supposed to be doing. (laughs) Um, But regardless, all joking aside, episode 65 and 64 were probably two of my favorite podcasts uh, that we've done um, to this date. So until next time, it is me Mike with coach Heather and coach Jess uh please make sure to continue to like subscribe and share across all social media platforms as i've talked about ad nauseum i'm sure but i'll continue to hammer it home our continued growth on the podcasting formatting uh forecast and stuff has been absolutely incredible so until next time we will see you then